3: Attention nerds, freaks, and geeks, it's the Riley
4: and Kimmy Show.
5: Well, hello out there. It's me, Winnie the Pooh.
1: And don't forget to remember to stay tuned to the Riley and Kimmy Show. And don't forget to remember to keep on bouncing,
6: says Tigger. That's one thing we don't have to tell Kimmy to do, to keep bouncing. That's right, she's bouncing all over the place. Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. Right next to me is the head bouncer.
5: Kimmy, I got one name,
6: Kimmy. And I don't mean like in that movie Roadhouse, you know, that uh, Patrick Swayze did a long time ago. No, she's not like that kind of a, a bouncer. No. no. Not, not, not at all. And uh, Do you think they'll remake that movie? No. You, did you think they'd remake Point Break? no so do you think they might remake roadhouse who knows it's you know who should be in it who the rock sure you with me mm-hmm. that's why not right okay uh and i hear by the way some of the uh, you know uh, you know gossip sources and things like that they say point break should not have been remade right like I agree I, I, I Should not have been touched That's what, what I'm hearing Okay Moving along here On the Riley and Kimmy show I have a question for you Kimmy Tell me something my friend
1: You ever dance with the devil In the pale moonlight
6: Well have you Well yes we did Because we went to a movie On Tuesday night I want you to do me a favor I want you to tell all your friends about me
5: What are you
6: I'm Batman that's right, we went to the 1989 Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Batman film, starring Jack Nicholson as well, and Jack Palance. And you know, one of the cool things about that movie, history-wise, and it's not really well known, and I forgot to mention this uh, when I was uh, talking with my good friend in in uh, Cyber Chat and stuff like that, that is uh, my friend Ed Tucker about films, and, and everybody else, like Devon, who just loves Batman 1989 film, and she just digs it big time. Uh, the thing I forgot was uh, how, you know, Burton uh was this was like a big budget film this was the big one you know that Mm -hmm. he was given command with well jack palance was a pain in the ass on the set and would not listen to the director and was giving him hell and actually jack nicholson stood up for the director and gave him a piece of his mind and basically said cool your jets dude Hmm. and intervened and that you know that that's something that's kind of and that is by the way According to rumors I've read over the years, there is a scene in there where Nicholson impersonates Jack Palance, and that was not scripted.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he goes, you're my number
6: one. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why. Uh, that that scene is there. Oh. He was not a happy guy about Mr. Palance and, and uh, his behavior on the set. Uh-huh. And that is why that was there. That was not... Yeah, that was a, a, an impromptu thing where he, he says, "Hey, Bob," and has him come back and does that line. That was not scripted, mm. and it stayed in the film. And the reason it happened was because Jack Palance is a bad boy. Mm. <laughs> Although you know, Jack Palance, one of the things about him, uh, you gotta love him in Shane. Really brief role that he plays a you know cool, dead, deadly gunfighter in at the end scenes of, mm-hmm. of Shane. And although he's in it before the end scene, but the real impact part. And, of course, he did one of the creepiest versions of Dracula I remember ever. I think it was made for TV. He did that. Hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that. I think it was around 1974, five, six, somewhere around in there. And it, it ran a few times, I think, on CBS. I think it was CBS. They ran it You know, on occasion. It was like made-for-TV movie thing. But he was just plain creepy. Hmm. And something to check I, I out. Probably on YouTube. Doubt it's on Netflix, but it might be. It's something just to... Uh, you know, you're not going to get really scared but he, he's had a heavy creep factor to him it was enjoyable seeing that film I recommend people to pick it up it's been uh, you know released on a deluxe uh, blu-ray I believe uh, you gave that to me as a gift recently mm-hmm. and you know because I it had
4: been 25 years right
6: that is correct mm-hmm. I love that film to this day uh, and I realized just how important it was because it raised the bar you know there's so many elements you know that it, it touched and, and caused and did you did you enjoy it Yes. Did you catch the Bob Kane thing I talked about in uh, yes, episode 523? Yeah, it's right there. It's kind of a cool thing. A good way to, uh, you know, a good wink and nod that's not really a wink and nod that is that obvious, you know. So I, I suggest if anybody hasn't checked it out, you know, check it out. And maybe you're one of those people like Ed and it's been a number of years since you've seen it. Give it a chance. Okay. Uh, revisit. It's Batman after all. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Well, Kimmy, this day, today is a Wednesday And you know what a Wednesday is for the Riley and Kimmy show? New comic book day. That is true. It is new comic book day. And you can go to your favorite comic book shop. Hey, by the way, if you don't have one, tell you what, just go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com and you'll find a comic book locator. And you'll be able to find a comic book shop right in your neighborhood. Or if you like to travel, you like to trek around, and I think it goes out to 50 miles. Also, being a Wednesday, it is something else. I guess you're wondering about this contraption.
0: Well, what is it?
6: Well, actually, it's a time machine.
0: I call
1: it a way back. We just set it, turn it on, open the door, and there we are. Or were, really.
6: Yes, Kimmy, it is a way back Wednesday, and we have a couple of things that we're going to focus on here on the Riley and Kimmy show, courtesy of our good friend Jake and his Facebook page, which is called Fun King Vintage.
1: Hiya, boys and gals. There can only be one Superman, of course. Did you ever think about some of the super things that you can do for yourself? Well, like saving up the money for your own vacation or for that new bike that you wanted so much. Well, all you have to do is just put away part of your allowance or your odd job money and put it in United States savings stamps at school. Those dimes, quarters, and dollars add up mighty fast, especially when you buy them every week on stamp day. Well, the first thing you know, you'll have enough for a savings bond, just like Dad buys for the payroll savings at work. And from then on, the sky's the limit. Take it from Superman. Your mom and dad will be plenty proud of you if you're learning to save regularly. And the teachers are on your team, too. They make sure of having saving stamps at school for you to buy and remind you when it is stamp day. And so, boys and girls, be super citizens and have a super future by saving regularly with United States saving stamps at school. And keep on making me and everyone else as proud of you as we are today.
6: And who was that, Kimmy? the voice of well of course that
4: was george reeves
6: that's correct otherwise known as superman the icon of the 1950s superman and a little uh you know uh, way back wednesday moment there that we have where they were pushing stamps i think actually it was a good cause in a way when you talk about it because it was dealing with savings you know and and getting uh, that in the mindset mm-hmm. that's something you would not hear today there's just no way right. you know and mm-hmm. so and his read you know the delivery is so warm That's one of the things i think is so special about him even the the first two years of superman are very special to check out to me and to people who really love that stuff is because it was very film noir it was it was based a lot on the radio scripts of the golden age of radio that was done previously starting in 1940 and they were edgier they're and they were like really the superman that came to be in 1938 through the early part of you know like 1940 where he fought crime and, and bad people and things like that. You know, he wasn't fighting space aliens and things to that degree. Mm-hmm. He was the underdog, the underprivileged uh you know, fighter and stuff like that. These captured that element, in my opinion. Uh the, the first especially the first early years of Superman, the black and white years. Now, when they went color, I feel, and I know some others do too, that it they juveniled it a little bit more. But mm-hmm. he's still, even with those, there was some, something warm about him that came across. And I I know he was probably incredibly miserable doing that role because it, he did the role. He, it's one of those where, and there's so many other actors who have had this in the past, he was one who did the role because his agent talked him into doing it to get, first of all, a quick check because they would just do this pilot and it wasn't going to do anything. And it wasn't even a pilot. It was really a, a movie he was originally going to do. And what he did was made, you know, for the film, for the uh the big screen like a, a kiddie film and they didn't think it was going to pick up that it was actually going to happen uh-huh. Everybody's going to get and so he did it, he auditioned for it. he didn't think he was going to get it and he got it he actually uh somebody he owes in a way or maybe he would curse i don't even know if he knew at the time a person declined that role before him do you know who was offered the role of superman clark kent from the 1950s before him no gregory peck Oh, yes. A very young Gregory Peck was offered that role. I can see him as Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can see him as Superman, Mm -mm. you know, Uh, but George Reeves, I see as both. He is both. He's Mm -hmm. great. And he was fantastic in that time period uh, for the Man of Steel. Now, one of the reasons we're talking about the Man of Steel and about specifically the 1950s Superman, George Reeves, is, well, we're going to be talking about ghosts. Mm -hmm. That's right, Kimmy. Do you believe in ghosts? Poltergeists?
4: Um, maybe.
6: Hauntings? Things like that? Maybe. So you think the world that Sam and Dean drive around with, you know, combating uh, th- that kind of stuff is possible? Maybe. Yeah, really? Okay, well, we have an eye-opener here with the uh, Riley and Kimmy show. All right, Kimmy. Tell you what according to our good friend Jake, who posted something that he found on Fun King Vintage. There are celebrity hauntings. They may be long dead, but their spirits still haunt their old homes. Mm. George Reeves' claim to fame was playing Superman in the 1950s TV series, Adventures of Superman. However, at the age of 45, he died. Some believe by suicide. Others believe he was murdered. Now, not long after... He passed away. The house was sold to new owners who were reported hearing strange sounds coming from Reeves' former bedroom. A documentary crew doing a film on Reeves' life even claimed to have seen his spirit walking around the house in his full Superman costume. Hmm. Now, Kimmy, before you load up on the rock salt, do you think that's possible? Hmm. Do you think that's possible, Kimmy? No Okay Well there's another one Next one Deals with somebody who's very famous Kimmy mm-hmm. Somebody from the 1950s As well Although this person went into the 60s and 70s And matter of fact into the 80s Another Hollywood haunting <laughs>
5: I know what Yes
6: I know what I Another Hollywood haunting there Kimmy Lucy say there's a haunting involving Lucille Ball. Now most will not uh, argue that she was probably the most important female influence or influential individual of show business and you know general business in the 20th century. I mean she was big impact on the TV industry. Uh, She caused different types of camera techniques and she owned her own studio Desilu. She set grounds for everybody actually not just females but you know for comedians in general and Mm -hmm. just uh, performers and she opened the door for our carol burnett and and other people i mean she was very generous she she is the reason we had star trek we had mission impossibles tv shows like the untouchables things that would not have probably happened at all she believed by the way in uh the uh, star trek enough where she bankrolled not just one pilot but two pilots because NBC said, okay, let's let's give it another shot. They were able to negotiate. That was unheard of. You know, you do one pilot, that sucks, don't want it. You know, but they had two of them. And if memory serves me correctly, that first pilot in 1964-ish dollars was over $600,000, which was a lot. I mean, a lot of coin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she bared with it. And Mission Impossible is another one because people didn't understand the concept of Mission Impossible. But Lucy sat down, was explained what it was, and she said, hey, let's go she she greenlit that thing and if you take a look at untouchables lucy was that show was intense for its day today's standards no back then yes take a look at that that the uh, ricardo family was basically saying hey this is okay that's kind of hard to you know the al capone kind of thing going on and all that stuff you know the untouchables all you it's very very intense well anyhow there is reports that after she died in 19 what year i'm gonna wait a minute. i want to ask you that what year did she pass away kimmy Ninety? 1989. Very close. What? How old was Lucy when she passed away? 85? She was 77. Now, according to the new owners of her former home, intense paranormal activity is the norm there, Kimmy. Hmm. Yes. For example, they say there are often loud voices coming from the attic as if there's a party going on up there. Hmm. Wow.
4: Did she have parties in her attic?
6: I don't know. Now, my question for you is, you grew up in a very old home, okay? And and I don't know if it was as old as mine, because mine was, you know, from the 1850s, I think it was, when it was built, a farmhouse, eventually more additions to it. Over time, it was like 1855, 1854, somewhere around in there. Yours was an old home, was, I mean, pre-Victorian, or not pre-Victorian, but it was old, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was an old three-story house that you grew up in. Were there any uh, things like that going on? Any, you know, unexplained I mean, did did your father or mother go, don't go upstairs. Not because they didn't want you to, you know, break something, but did they did they have any of that stuff or like weird stuff going on that you know of?
4: Um, not that they talked about, but of course with my imagination and
6: Ooh, you
5: had
4: the, how old that home was and it was it could be pretty spooky to me.
6: Okay, but you never saw any like a chair moving across the room or anything like that, plates flying across. No. No, nothing like that. Okay, well, all right, Kimmy. We have more information about the Hollywood Hauntings. We have a link right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, courtesy of Jake with Fun King Vintage. By the way, if you like things pop culture and you know stuff like that, pictures, photos of things that you find at uh, you know garage sales, haunts, or trades, and like to see those that other people do, you can become part of that community. We have a link to uh, Jake's Facebook page right on our website. Please check it out. That's Fun King Vintage. And speaking of the death of George Reeves, some a lot believe that it is suicide i do not and i tell you something to really check out i was kind of upset with the movie that came out a few years ago uh why they the exact title totally hollywood land wasn't that the name of the, mm-hmm. the movie okay the exact title was hollywood land starring ben affleck who by the way it's kind of a weird thing he's playing batman well, he played superman in a way prior he played george reeves in a sort of biography but it was really in my opinion twisted a little bit and lost because they decided to focus on this what is his name adrian brody is that correct mm-hmm, that's uh, the actor an actor in his uh character who was investigating the case to me it, it was just misguided and they shouldn't have done that. i wish they'd have done more on reeves himself mm-hmm. and focused you know on how he became what he became and you know his years maybe even with gone with the wind and then didn't make it any further just i think there'd been a lot a lot better film Mm -hmm. if they had done that but yeah they did what they did part of the elements of that film were borrowed from a book called hollywood kryptonite by sam Kashner, and i'm not even gonna try to do her last name i'm gonna let kimmy do that she does so well reading last names can you give me nancy's last name there schoenberger that sounds good there thanks Kimmy I hope anyhow we have a link to this uh, right on our website it deals with that uh, death and how and whom or why it happened basically and who did it who Mm -hmm. actually caused the murder they've kind of solved the solved this in my opinion it's a great read it deals with the 1950s Hollywood and if you love you know that era of film and things it's worth checking out And if you're a fan of the uh, Superman of the 1950s It is definitely worth reading. And it might be something to go right with, you know, this little uh, link that uh, Jake has provided, you know, on Hollywood hauntings, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Now, being a way back Wednesday and we spoke about Lucy, I thought it'd be great to uh, talk about Lucy and also uh, feature her with something most people don't realize. The I Love Lucy show was not necessarily original meaning Lucy had done it before that's right Lucy had performed on radio in a thing called My Favorite Husband now it was a radio situation comedy that was very successful like over 120 episodes of success and it was a sponsored it was sponsored by Jello she'll actually come out and you know do a little Jello pitch it's brief but it's really cute Mm-hmm. And the show was very, very successful, as I was saying, and television was coming to be, and TV wanted her to take this radio program and put it on the, on the TV. And she said, hey, that's great, uh, but, you know, I, I want to revamp it a little bit, and I want Desi to play the role of my husband, because the role is being played by somebody else. And they said, no. And she said, yes. And they said, no. And basically, you know, they had racial concerns because of the, you know, you know she, she, you know, he was from Cuba, and, you know, she, she was i don't know if she was supposed to be scottish or irish i can't remember i think it was irish not positive positive. and they said middle american won't buy it and lucy said you're nuts and so she took the show on the road played it in clubs across the country and proved it filmed it actually for the studio and had studio execs come and they said okay yeah the audiences are accepting this thing uh, we like it and they gave in to lucy's thing they changed the name and it became i love lucy now the, the radio show. She took the three prime writers, took them right with, her. if you see the, the TV show, yeah, those dudes are part of the, uh, and, and there's there was two guys and a, and, a, and a woman that were part of the writers of the radio show, very successful, and they became part of the TV show, and they retooled those radio scripts. And made that part, you know, they would change names to, you know, Ethel and and Fred. And they did change a little bit of the character because uh, the the couple, Lucy's character, did have a maid. Well, they, they decided that, that was too, you know, flamboyant for the TV show. They didn't want that. So they, they got rid of that part. And probably also cut down cost on it, camera cost. You know, paying mm-hmm. for that, would be my, my guess, on camera site, you know, paying for an actor. So they changed things a little bit, but... Some of the, the the jokes and the situations are the same from the radio show, and you, you'll notice some familiarity. But the really cool thing is to hear her perform. These shows were done live; they were not, uh, you know, pieced together. They were done, you know, hot mic and let's go, and that's the way they were. That's why old time radio is really cool to check out. And she was a game. I love watching her in old films at this time period uh, and a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, she's William Holden, you know, she, she's fantastic with, which, she, by the way, you know, she she's acted with uh, William Holden on the TV show, but she acted with him in film before that a few years. Well, I think probably about five or six years before, wait a minute, maybe, no, I take that back about 10 years maybe before that famous uh, TV show hmm. uh, episode, she was with him, you know, and she was, hey, she was, she was a model. She looked like a model, which mm-hmm. when you see her, you don't necessarily see that in the character that she was doing in the 1950s but she definitely was and uh just some, this is part of history is the reason we're going to air this now the person who played her husband was a guy by the name of richard denning now you're going to say i have no idea who richard denning is now if you're a fan of old time tv and especially if you're a fan of old horror like universal horror films richard denning played in the creature from the black lagoon he's that jerk that's uh, funding the the trip and uh, decides to go on the boat, and he's one that wants to kill the creature and everything else. You mm. remember? Yeah, he's that jerk. He's just mm. a plain jerk. Richard Denning was that, but he's also been immortalized in a TV show called Hawaii 50, the original series. He is the governor of Hawaii. Mm. So that's yeah, a little bit here, but he is her husband in this episode, and we're going to go back to 1950. Uh, Actually, November 25th, 1950. The episode is called Liz's Birthday. Now, I think it's kind of interesting here. If you listen to it, she reveals her age, how old she is. How old would you think, in 1950, Lucy would have said her character is? In 1950. Remember, this is just before the TV series begins. 30? That's interesting. I thought, I'm shocked that she says she's 33. Mm. I thought, wow. I I would have thought 20s, Mm. you know, but I I think today maybe somebody would have. I don't know if they would have. Maybe. I don't know. It's to me. It just seemed. Wow. She said actually 33, you know, Mm. to me, it just seemed and she's having a hard time with her birthday. That's a whole thing about this episode. And it will feel I love Lucy. But remember, it's before I love Lucy. Please give it a little bit of a break because the audio quality is not what would be of today's standards. It was not recorded on digital technology way back when. And we're lucky it's still here today. Mm -hmm. So let's just go back in time a little bit here on the Riley and Kimmy show to Liz's birthday. It is Lucille Ball on My Favorite Husband.
4: It's time for My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jell-O family of red letter desserts.
5: Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's
3: Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. Fiocca puddings. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille
4: Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it as we look in on the coopers it's morning and we find katie the maid in the kitchen liz cooper is just coming into the room
0: good morning katie good morning mrs cooper happy birthday to you happy birthday to you hold it katie this is
7: not my birthday it isn't no Oh, dear, and I already put a candle in your grapefruit. Too bad. I can't understand how I made that mistake. When is your birthday, anyway? Never. Huh? I had my last birthday a year ago today. Oh, you've reached that point, huh? (laughs) It's awful. I never realized it, Katie. Today I'm 33. That's more than halfway to 35. I'm practically 40. I know Well, if you aren't going to celebrate it, better not bake your cake I should say not I don't want anything to even remind me that it's my birthday all right Hmm What can I do about George? What do you mean? How can I possibly keep him from remembering it's my birthday? Just don't tell him (laughs) Katie, that's mean Why, my birthday is the most important day in the year to George Liz, where are you, honey? I'm out here in the kitchen, dear. You just watch the fuss he makes.
2: Oh, there you are. I've been looking all over the house for you.
7: You have my little husband. What for?
2: Uh, you know what day this is, don't you?
7: Why, no. What day is it?
2: It's Saturday. I told you to call the plumber last Wednesday.
5: <laughs> the bathroom
2: basin is stopped up again.
5: Ew.
7: <laughs> Is there anything else? No. Oh, yes. What?
2: I'm late for the bank. I'll just skip breakfast. Goodbye, dear.
7: Oh, George? Yes, dear? Uh... <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> How can
2: I hear Liz with you making all that racket? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Liz? I'm in a hurry. Nothing. Oh. Well, goodbye, dear.
7: Bye. <laughs> There, there, Mrs. Cooper. George didn't give me any presents or flowers. He didn't even remember my birthday. But Mrs. Cooper, you said you didn't want him to remember. I didn't. I wanted him to forget about my birthday. But he forgot about my
5: birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs.
7: Cooper, you've been crying for an hour now That won't help any He doesn't love me anymore Mrs. Cooper, a husband forgetting his wife's birthday is absolutely normal (laughs) It is? (laughs) It's a male characteristic like baldness and egotism So what? A smart wife always drops a hint at least three shopping days before her birthday. Well, it's too late for me to do that with George. I know. I'll call up Mr. Atterbury and drop a hint, and then he'll mention it to George. Good idea. Now, how can I just hint at it? I know. I'll tell... Sheridan Falls, First National Bank. Mr. Atterbury, please. One moment.
0: Hello? Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to a close relative of your handsome wife, Vice President. Happy birthday to me.
3: Hello? Hello? I think we have a bad connection.
0: (laughs) Happy birthday to me.
3: Happy birthday to... I heard that.
0: Good. Well, goodbye There.
7: That ought... There. That ought to do it. (laughs)
2: Did you send for me, Mr. Atterbury?
3: Yes, George Boy. I just had the weirdest phone call. Hmm. Who was it? I don't know. Well, was it a man or a woman? I don't know. (laughs) It sounded something like this. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to a close relative of your handsome blonde vice president.
5: Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Happy birthday to me.
2: A close relative of mine? Gee, I wonder who it can be. Do you have any relatives who come from (laughs) Mars? No. And it isn't Liz's birthday. Are you sure? Oh, I know Liz. If it was her birthday, she'd never have let me out of the house without telling me. True. Yeah, besides Liz's birthday is June the 3rd. Or is it February the 8th? Or is that our wedding anniversary? Well, I know they're both in the spring sometime Close relative How did that voice sound again?
3: Happy
5: birthday,
3: Of
2: course, mother Mother? Your mother would pull a trick like that? Yeah, she gets pretty cute sometimes Oh, cute, cute Well, I'm glad she called I'll have to run out and buy her something and arrange a little surprise party for her. Go ahead, boy. I'll be in uh, Miller's department store if you want me.
5: Uh, Pardon me, miss. Uh, Will you wait on me? Yes,
0: sir. Uh, Oh, hello, Mr. Cooper. What? I remember you from the other day when you were here with your wife. (laughs) She was looking at coats and you were looking at prices.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, Well, uh, I'd like to buy a little birthday present and uh, have it sent out to the house.
0: Certainly. What would you like?
2: Well, it's hard to decide, but uh, I think a nightgown would be nice.
0: Yes, sir. (laughs) I suppose you want something sheer and lacy and invitingly feminine?
2: Well, no. I I think you'd better make it long flannel.
0: Yeah. You've been married quite a while, haven't you? What? Nothing, nothing. I've got just the thing, Mr. Cooper. I'll send it out this afternoon. Do you want to put a card in? Uh,
2: yes. Uh, do you have one?
0: Uh-huh. There on the desk.
2: Okay. Uh, just send it out this afternoon. Oh, by the way, uh, do you have a bakery in the store?
0: Bakery? No.
2: Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, here's the card. Mm. Well, I'd better get going. I have to find a cake that will hold 65 candles. <laughs> so long.
0: Sixty-five candles. Long flannel nightgown. Huh, I only hope I look that good at her age.
3: Come in.
7: Hi, Mr. Atterbury. Liz
3: girl, come in. What brings you to the bank?
7: Oh, nothing special. I just wanted to know if George got a certain message.
3: A certain message. Um,
0: happy birthday to me! Happy birthday to me! Oh,
3: of course, of course. You called and I get to buy some presents for you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong?
3: Well, I thought that uh, uh, George said that we decided when well, he was you would. Wrong. <laughs> Nothing's wrong.
7: Well, I guess I wasn't very subtle. What did George say when you told him? Uh, he knew it all the time.
3: Oh. He's out buying some presents right now.
7: Oh, isn't he sweet? Uh, yes,
3: yes. Well,
7: goodbye. I'll see you later. Goodbye. I'm going. Don't push me.
3: Sorry, sorry. Well, happy birthday.
7: Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah,
3: Now to alert George, boy. Let's see, where did he go? Oh, Miller's Department Store. Uh, hmm. I hope he's still there. Hello? Miller's Department Store? It's very important that I locate George Cooper. He's there, and I... No, no, no. Cooper. C-O-O-P-E... No, no, P, like an ape. (laughs) A-P-E. No, no, A. Like in appetite. A-P-P. No, no, P. That's right, like in Cooper.
5: <laughs>
3: George Cooper. See if you can locate him right away. This is a matter of wife or death. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't care if you get it or not, find him right away!
4: <laughs> well, it's to be hoped that something happens with real speed to save the day in the Cooper family. Speed. Speed. Now what does that word make me think? I've got it. The new speedy way to prepare jello. And get a beautiful finished jello dessert in just about one hour. Here's what you do. Dissolve jello in one cup of hot water. Then add one cup of ice cubes or crushed ice and fill up the cup with water. Stir until the ice melts completely. Pop into the refrigerator to chill until firm. And in just about one fleeting hour, you take out a glorious, glamorous jello dessert. This new quick setting jello idea is a real godsend for the busy holiday season. And no matter which of those six delicious Jell-O flavors you choose, you always get a winner. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. So look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, a registered trademark of General Foods that stands for Red Letter Desserts. J-E-L-L-O And now back to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. As we look in on the Coopers again, George thinks it's his mother's birthday and is out buying her a present. Mr. Atterbury has just found out it's Liz's birthday instead and is calling the department store frantically trying to locate George. Hello? 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 Hello.
3: I'm waiting for Mr. Cooper. Who's this?
0: Oh, Mr. Cooper's gone. Oh. I waited on him. Can I help you? No, no, I
3: have to... Wait a minute. You waited on him? Uh-huh. He He bought a gift. What was it?
0: A long flannel
5: nightgown. Oh, yeah! You said it, buster.
3: <laughs> what? Sir. Have you sent that out yet?
0: Oh, no, sir. We'll just leave it.
3: Good, good. Change it. Send, um... Oh, I wonder what Liz would like.
0: You mean his why? Yes, yes. She was looking at a suede jacket she was just crazy about.
3: Good change that nightgown to the suede jacket and send it out to Cooper's right away. Yes,
0: sir, right away.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye. Miss Perkins? Yes, sir? I'm going out. I have to find George Cooper. He thinks it's his mother's birthday, but it's his wife's. Oh, God! (laughs) Oh, God! girl's been working for me too long.
7: it, Katie? A package from Miller's department store looks like a gift. Oh, it's my birthday present. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But it's addressed to Mr. Cooper. Of course. He doesn't want me to know. Well, I'll put it in the hall closet. Uh, let me see it. Do, do you think it's addressed... I wouldn't do a thing like that. Oh, look, Katie, it's a suede jacket. Oh, I see. It's the very one I've been looking at. Oh, that darling, wonderful husband of mine. Oh, he certainly is thoughtful. Oh, Katie, do you need anything at the store? I just have to wear this someplace. How about a dozen eggs? No, we already have two dozen in the refrigerator. Well, I'll get you another dozen. I want to wear this jacket to the store. All right, I'll start getting dinner ready. What are we having for dinner? The biggest omelette in the world.
5: (laughs) I'll be back in a little while.
2: Mr. Atterbury's office. Is he there, Miss Perkins? I want to tell him I won't be back for a while yet. I have trouble finding a cake that will hold 65 candles.
7: Well, and he's not here, Mr. Cooper. He's out looking for you. Me? What for? Well, he said something about it not being your mother's birthday. It's your wife's.
2: My wife's? Oh, my gosh. They they delivered the nightgown I bought for my mother, and if I know Liz, she'll open it.
5: Oh, dear. Oh,
2: well, there's only one thing for me to do. I'll go home and see if I can sneak it out before she sees it. Uh, goodbye. Uh, no one in the kitchen. Uh, let's see now. She always puts packages in the hall closet. Yeah, yeah, the hall is clear. Now, if that flannel nightgown is only in... The... Oops, oh, that must be Liz. I'll, I'll have to hide in the closet.
7: I'm back, Katie. I better put this jacket back in the closet before George gets home. Back you go, little present. Oh, that must be George. I don't want him to catch me with this. I'll hide in the closet. Mrs. Cooper? Mr. Cooper? Phew. It's only Katie. Yeah.
4: What? What?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Oh, oh, George, there's a great big ugly... Oh, it's you. Yes,
2: you scared me, too.
7: Oh, what were you doing in the closet?
2: Well, uh, uh, I wanted to get the present I sent you and exchange it for a better one.
7: What? I should say not. Oh,
2: but, honey,
1: you... I have
7: a confession to make, George. I opened the present you sent, and it's just what I wanted. It is? Absolutely. It's the same one I was looking at the other day.
2: You're not kidding me, Liz.
7: Of course not. I put it on right away.
5: You did?
2: This afternoon?
7: Why not? I was so eager to show it off, I wore it down to the market. (laughs)
2: You wore it? Oh, Liz, that isn't quite the thing to wear to the market.
7: Well, I know I shouldn't have worn it shopping, but I just couldn't resist.
2: Oh. Didn't people stare at you?
7: They couldn't keep their eyes off me. I'll
2: bet they couldn't.
7: Oh, that cute little cashier wouldn't let me alone till I took it off and let her try it on.
2: You took it off?
7: In the market? do worry, George. She was careful.
2: That's not what I was worried about. I-, I hope you didn't catch cold.
7: Cold? No. As a matter of fact, on the way home, I was so warm, I took it off and carried it over my arm.
2: <laughs> I must be losing my mind. D- didn't you notice that a crowd was following you?
7: Crowd? Oh, George, it's a nice suede jacket, but it wouldn't cause that much fuss.
2: Suede jacket? Uh, You were wearing a suede jacket?
7: Of course. Don't you know what you gave me?
2: Well, sure, a suede
3: nightgown.
7: Uh, (laughs) A jacket.
3: Uh, Oh, well, happy birthday, Liz. Thank you. George, boy, there you are. I've been looking all over town for you.
7: Oh, hi, Mr. Atterbury. You're just in time to see the birthday present George gave me.
3: Good, good. There's nothing smarter looking than a suede jacket.
7: I'll get it out of... How did you know?
3: Yeah, how did you know? I don't know, just lucky, I guess.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: unless, uh, unless George told me. Me? Why, I... oh, yes, I told him, sure.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: he's been talking about it all week. Yeah. Really?
7: Oh, George, and I thought you'd forgotten. Oh,
3: don't be silly.
2: Oh,
7: honey, you're so wonderful. I I don't know why I ever mistrusted you.
2: (laughs) Neither do I.
7: (laughs) Give me a kiss. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) 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 (sighs) I'll get my present out of the closet.
3: What's going on here? I called up the store and told them to switch presents. Oh, thanks. Oh, gee, you really saved the day. (laughs) She'll never suspect I thought
2: it was Mother's birthday. I wonder who... Oh, no. What's the matter? The surprise party. I invited some of my Mother's friends. I'll
3: get rid of them
0: the door. You're
3: too late, boy. she
2: right,
0: chip right. Oh, Mrs. Martin. And Miss Flannoy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy,
5: Happy birthday, Liz Hooper. Hooper. Happy birthday to you. <laughs>
7: well, thank you, but I... Are we here too soon? What do you mean? Well, where is... Happy
5: birthday to you.
7: Happy birthday
3: to you, happy birthday dear Liz,
0: happy birthday to you. Well, that's very pretty, but what we'd like to know is where is our... Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy
3: birthday dear Liz.
0: Sing a lot,
5: don't they? <laughs> Lousy, too. Well,
2: it's it's something to sing about. It's Liz's birthday. Yes, Liz's
0: birthday. Ellen, somebody made a boo-boo. <laughs> To get in on this party, we'll have to play ball. With all writing.
7: Will someone please tell me what's going on here? Oh, nothing, dear. Nothing. We just came to your party. <laughs> well, that was very nice of you. Oh, and you brought presents for me? Well, all right
5: here. <laughs> <laughs> here
7: and happy birthday. Thank you. That one's for me. Oh, thank you. Look, George, just what I need. An embroidered nightcap.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, lovely.
0: Let's see what the other one is. Well, a hot water bottle. <laughs> it, it's wonderful
7: for your lumbago.
5: Lumbago?
7: What makes you think I have Lumbago.
0: Doesn't everybody? (laughs) No. Keep it, dear. You will. Well, thanks, anyway. Oh, oh, by the way, George, uh, we went round back and gave Katie the cake. Oh, no. Well, we would have brought it in, but we couldn't get near it. Uh... The heat, you
5: know.
0: <laughs> yes, and, and, and I singed my eyebrows.
2: Well, it's it's just as well. Did you, you see...
7: get a cake for me, George?
2: You, well, well uh... Turn
7: out the light.
0: I'm coming in with the cake. Oh. Okay, bring her in. Here I come.
3: Oh, God, look at the candles.
0: Katie, oh. what happened? You look like you're on fire. I ain't seen a blaze like that since the Chicago fire. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. Blow it out. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> Almost. It's only about 20 more. <laughs> Six
7: more. We'll wait till it comes around again. I'm dizzy. <laughs> there. One, two, three, five, ten, 15, twenty, twenty, three, thirty, three. Sixty five candles. What's going on, George?
2: Well, uh, you see... These
7: friends of your mother's embroidered nightcaps, hot water bottles, sixty-five candles?
2: Well, <laughs> I might as well...
7: <laughs> well, it worked, Mr. Cooper. What worked? Uh, I told Mr. Cooper that you felt that you were getting old, and uh, he figured if he
0: gave you a real old ladies' party, it'd uh, uh, make you see how young
5: you really are. Yes! (laughs) Worked
3: fine, George. (laughs) Oh, sure!
2: It worked alright.
7: <laughs> oh, George, you really
0: understand
7: me, don't you? That's the sweetest thing a husband ever
0: did. I don't get it. Don't ask any questions, you might louse things
5: up.
0: Besides, that cake looks mighty tasty. <laughs> Oh,
2: what's the matter, Liz?
7: Oh, I I'm just happy, George. I'm married to the most thoughtful man in the world.
2: No, oh, it's not.
7: It is, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna to put this jacket on and I'm never going to take it off.
5: Oh, Liz. I
7: mean it. It'll remind me how wonderful and thoughtful and sweet you are. I'm even going to wear it to bed tonight.
2: Oh, it's silly. Oh, well,
7: I am. Oh, what's this? Oh, a card, and I didn't even see it.
2: Uh-oh. Uh, did you change the card, too, Mr. Atterbury? What card?
7: Oh, George. I can't keep anything from you, can I? Huh? You even knew I'd be silly enough to wear the jacket to bed. Look, Mr. Atterbury, the card says, Hope this keeps you warm in bed tonight. Uh... <laughs>
4: Say, here's a wonderful new salad to perk up that leftover turkey. Cranberry and orange salad made with fruit rich shimmering orange jello. Just dissolve one package of orange jello in one and three quarter cups of hot water and chill. Put one medium orange and two cups of raw cranberries through the food chopper. Add three tablespoons of sugar and fold into the slightly thickened jello. Chill in individual molds and serve in crisp lettuce. It's a glorious flavor combination. Fresh-tasting, fruit-rich orange jello with tart, tempting red cranberries. All six delicious jello flavors are brimful of locked-in goodness. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Flavor sealed right in so it can't get out until your first delectable spoonful. And gay sparkling jello dresses up all your holiday meals. So look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells a treat. You have been listening to My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Listen, folks, how'd you like to put Lucille Ball in your pocket? There's a beautiful color cover and story of your favorite redhead in the November 27th issue of Quick, the pocket-sized magazine. It's on the stands now, so be sure to get your copy. With lucky
0: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (laughs)